Hi friends, thanks for joining me, Melanie, for another episode of the Alchemy Podcast. Rachel Allen Dennis is my guest today and it's another wonderful installment of Catching Up With Friends. Um, Rachel and I talk about our journeys to sobriety. The book that we mention in this episode is called The 30 Day Sobriety Solution. And this is not a paid ad or anything, but it is a wonderful book. It doesn't resonate for everyone, but I found it extremely helpful, as did a few of my friends who used it to also find sobriety. Um, Follow Rachel on Instagram at her underscore the underscore queen. Um, And I think you're going to really enjoy the conversation. She's delightful, so genuine, candid, and yeah. She's coming to us from Chicago, from the chilly city in middle of America, and I come to you from the tropical island of Guam, so it's always kind of fun to have cross-global conversations. Thank you all for joining me. If you'd like a personal reading from me, um, visit melaniesalchemy.com. And as always, there will be a nice tarot reading after Rachel and my conversation. So stay tuned for that. All right. Have a beautiful morning, day or night. Until next time. I also want to wish Rachel an extremely happy, joyful birthday because this episode is coming out on her birthday, February 8th. Happy birthday, Rachel. Please send her all of your birthday love wishes and good thoughts. All right, thanks. Rachel. Hi. Hi, it's so good to hear your voice. I know, same. Yay, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> um, I feel like I should just rename the podcast Catching Up With Old Friends with Melanie. <laughs> because, I really agree. Right? And I don't even care if it's interesting to other people. I love it. It's so good to hear your voice. I haven't talked to you in like a really long time. Yeah, definitely not on the phone. I feel like the last time we talked on the phone was maybe it wasn't even on the phone. It was in person in Taos. Yeah. When Adam and I visited. That was so fun. Yeah, it's been it's been too long. Well, why don't I'll I'll put up an intro to this episode later, but I feel like I should introduce you. We know each other from Denver when we were doing hair together, like five years ago, I think was when we met. Yes, I think maybe and yeah, five, four or five. Four or five, right? Yeah, like same situation, same salon you met Adam at. But yeah, he, and then he had just left, so it was like I replaced him. <laughs> That's right. I forgot that you guys weren't there at the same time, and then you became friends with Adam later when you went and worked at his salon. I love it. It's a whole web. I know. <clears throat> and now you're doing awesome. You're in Chicago. Um, 
I feel like you've done so much in the last four years and transformed so much as a person. And it's almost your birthday. Speaking of growing as a person, so happy early birthday. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to be 31. I love it. I think that's great. How was third? How was your 30th year? How did it treat you? Oh my God. It was, it was, so I got to Chicago in September and then I turned 30 February 8th. And then, uh, it was a year. It was, it was like working at like a barber shop, And then I was, went to another salon and just trying to like find my way in Chicago. And it was, it was kind of a yeah. rough year, but I, all the work that I put in is starting to pay off now. So it's really, it feels good. Paying off. Are you there? Oh no, I can't hear you. Hello. Hi, sorry. I don't know what happened. My thing cut out. Are you still there? I'm still here. Okay. I don't know why my thing is being wacky. I feel like we're in the shadow of the Mercury retrograde thing. So maybe it's already messing up our electronic devices, which is really <laughs> annoying. Maybe. <laughs> what did you last hear? It literally cut out like right when you were getting ready to explain, um, everything that you've gone through. (laughs) (laughs) Now I've thought about it so I can say it again. Basically my 30th year was lots of hard work and transitions um, like job wise and friend wise, mental health wise. And so it's all starting to pay off now. Thank God. That, that makes me so happy to hear truly Um, because That's something that I love about you. You know, you're such um, an open, honest, loving person. And you've always been really like candid about like, you're just very honest and real. And I really liked that about you immediately. And, you know, we all struggle with stuff in life and moving to a new city, especially Chicago. I mean, that's a large city and clientele wasn't the case just completely relocating it it takes a lot of courage really it really it really does and I don't even think about it that way when I do stuff I'm just like oh well I'm doing this now and I've had, yeah um one of my last in my roommate in um Pennsylvania was like when I was moving to Denver she's like I just think this is so cool you're just gonna like take all your stuff and you're going to do the same things, but just in a new city, but it's, it's not that easy. Um, but yeah. And the salon industry in Chicago is definitely way more hardcore than like the small town in Pennsylvania and Denver is so freaking laid back. So mm-hmm. I got slapped in the face with it all when I moved here. Yeah. I, and, and I don't, I've only done hair in Denver and I know that it's so much easier than like quote unquote real cities. Do you know what I mean? And so, who yeah, they're not messing around anywhere else. Right. 
Yeah, and it was so, it was like, I started my job and this lady, so my first client pretty much ever, and I was working for these like roller derby girls who I thought were going to be cool, ended up not. But this chick came in with probably like the thickest hair, like her ponytail was probably as thick as like a horse's tail. And she wanted this like severe A-line bob. And I was just having like a little bit of trouble with it. It was just so intense. And then that's suddenly, hard. As soon as like I got some help from like a coworker, and then instantly this the owner was like, "Um, yeah, you're gonna be an assistant now." And I was like, "Oh!" And then she just kind of like told me that I wasn't good enough, and I believed her. And then all of my confidence was gone and I had been doing hair for seven years. Like you and I did booth rental. We made all our own money. I really yeah. problems. And so then it just, once your confidence gone is gone, it's just, everything is gone. So I've just been working really hard to build it back up ever since that. Yeah. Well, I'm really proud of you and it's true. And it's so insane how like one, like, well, that's not like one little comment, but like one person can like do something so destructive, you know, because it's, you're not alone in that. Like, I think anybody would have their confidence crushed when somebody's just like, oh, you're not good. And literally you're not good enough. You have to go do this. And it's like, that's so devastating. That's, that's really tough, but I'm so happy that you crawled out of it at least pretty quickly. I mean, it doesn't feel fast, but I feel like you really recovered in the grand scheme of things quite quickly from that. Yeah, it was like, well, let's see, it took a year and a half to, to fight, like just two weeks ago, I'm finally fully just a hairstylist here. I just got my biggest, not that I, I feel like, you know, having money like, and make, and it making you happy is kind of gross, but I just got like my biggest paycheck ever in Chicago and I just feel happy and that makes me feel weird too because I don't want money to be my happiness but I mean just so I can afford to take the bus and buy my animals food yeah no congratulations dude that is so awesome and it and yeah if you were like I just made $200,000 and it's not enough. Then it's like, okay, you, but, but you just want to like make money to feel, I feel the same way. I feel very like money focused right now, but because I want to just be like comfortable and feel safe and stable and provide for myself. So I think it's, I think it's completely reasonable for you to feel like super proud about that and feel really good about it because exactly oh and I was gonna tell you I don't know if this should be on the podcast but you should be a nanny because they make bank (laughs) well you know what I just was babysitting my friend Lisa's kids Lisa if you're listening (laughs) hi um and they're these two like really sweet little boys they're five and seven and it's funny because like I've literally never spent time with anybody else's kids before like I just have never had friends with kids yeah I didn't have younger siblings, you know, and, and I'm like, oh, this is really fun. Like, I guess I like children. <laughs> so yeah. um, I'm, I'm with you. I'm totally open to being, um, or what is it? And yeah, hair. Um, <laughs> I really just want my tarot thing to be my 100% business, but um, I think it just takes a long time to build it up and it's not 
I don't know. There aren't really any metaphysical or crystal shops in Guam. So, um, oh, yeah. There's not really a solid place for me to go work out of. So it's okay. It's just kind of taking some time. But um, speaking of tarot cards, do you want me? What if I? Well, I'm going to pull a tarot card for our. Do you want me to pull a couple cards for you and a card Hell for yeah. our episode? So, okay, I, I love it. Tell everyone that. Okay, so I didn't have a deck when I met you, and um, you had asked about it, and I was like, "Oh well, you know, I'm kind of waiting for a deck to come to me. I don't want to buy one because I hear that if it comes to you, it will be uh, more powerful." And you like put that in your brain somewhere and like saved it. And then on my birthday a couple years ago, you surprised me with your old tarot deck. Oh, well, I'm, I wanted you to have it. It was so, so, I was so shocked and happy and surprised. And it's, it really is, it is super powerful. Like I, I haven't gotten too much into it. I always like, I do, you know, a past, present, future three card um, pool for myself and for like uh, my roommate and my girlfriend, but, um, and then I Google (laughs) the results, but I want to start learning them. But that's perfect, you know, and Googling them is the same exact thing as looking it up in a book. And that's how you learn, you know, it's just like digging in. And then, I mean, I still look stuff up because it's sometimes you'll see like a little keyword. Like if I'm feeling like my energy is kind of getting stuck or like, I just, if I've been doing a lot of readings and I feel like I keep getting the same messages um, for the same card, sometimes I'll just pull up one of my, tarot pages that I really like and sometimes like a a new keyword will jump out that I'd forgotten about or you know and so sometimes you can actually get really valuable information and messages so I think I think you're doing a great job and honestly the slower you learn it the more you really absorb Mm. the differences so I feel like you're and actually I had my deck for a couple of years before I got really into it too. So I think it just kind of calls to you when it, when you're ready to kind of dig deeper. Um, Okay. I pulled three cards for you and it's really interesting. You got the four of cups in the past, which is an awesome one to have in the past. It's um that's the kind of kind of about it's the kind of that can be about sort of like boredom or apathy or like a little bit of being like depressed or just feeling like you don't love the options that are presented oh my to God, you. I was so and bored. so yeah, <laughs> so I'm so glad that that is now over because anytime a card shows up in the past, I feel like that's just a double message of like, okay, you're out of that zone, you know? Yeah. And then we have the page arrows, page of swords in present, which is awesome. That's all about starting out on a new endeavor or like taking a fresh path, which I think speaks to your brand new salon. And I also love swords because they're the closest thing to scissors, to shears. So I feel like, and it's also um, an Aquarius card because it's an air sign. So 
it's just completely represents oh God, you, which I think it is an air sign card. Uh, because they're swords. Suit of swords are air, and then the suit of um, cups is water signs. Pentacles are earth signs and wands are fire signs. That's funny because I pull so many sword cards. Do you? Yeah. See, it's the tarot is so bizarre. It, it still freaks me out sometimes in a good way where I'm just like, oh my God. Like, it's just, it's weird. It truly freaks me out. Like this deck for me is always on. I love it. I'm really glad. I'm so glad because some decks aren't like I have decks. I'll put them away and take them back out again, but some are definitely more powerful than others. And I don't know why, but it's a yeah, thing. It's probably about so I'm happy to connect with them. Mm-hmm. I do feel like the more they age, I don't know. It, it's probably better. I think so too. I think so too. Like all things. Um, <laughs> exactly. Like all things, including us. Um, and then you have the Knight of Pentacles in the future, which is a super good luck abundance card. <gasps> so it's, it's about, it's seriously about a lot of like money or other type of typically a material abundant thing coming in quickly. So it's not like an overnight, like it's the slowest of all the nights, but it still speaks to, um, I get the message of like, yeah, you're going to continue to be getting your, your biggest paychecks you've gotten in Chicago incrementally. Oh, I'm so, yeah. And I pulled, um, a similar, I don't know which card it was, but it was an abundance type card to just like right around when I started my new job. So Cause like, yeah, when I lived in Denver, you know, we had it, we had it made in the shade. Like that salon was busy. Uh, there were good reviews. We made our own money and you and I really didn't have a lot of money problems in Denver. <laughs> no, it's really, it's true. That's an interesting observation. Like you're totally right. Yeah. I just feel um, Denver is one of like the, I don't know. It's a city where everyone can hairstylists can booth rent for very cheap like here you know you and I paid I don't know like 150 for a, a week to make all our own money and here it's like 400 dollars is it I paid 230 were you part-time booth rent oh you know what we did pay we I paid 225 didn't we yeah we paid 225 but that's still like half half of what it is in Chicago if it's 400 that's a lot of money $400 a week it's just the city it's a big city the taxes are crazy yeah but yeah so since we left Denver we've kind of been like you know you gotta restart over and it's not easy. no it's it's tricky and it's so it's funny that you bring that up to you because I've been um I posted a really kind of depressing tarot reading on my Instagram on the weekly reading this week where, where I, where I would just like start talking, talk, I'm like at this place in my life where I'm just like living in the realm of like consequences, <laughs> like not in a bad where I'm just like, I do. I don't think I realized how good things were. And also like, we make so many choices when we're younger and I know I'm not like 
old, old, but I just feel like I'm in this phase now where I'm, I'm dealing with the results of all of my choices. And it's like, oh, you know, I mean, we always look back at the past as it being, you know, you always forget the hard parts, but I, I completely agree with the fact that it was, it was easier there to make money. Yeah. Well, you're in a, I see what phase, I see exactly what phase you're in and it, it can be like scary and whatever, but it's also meaning that you're going to have to like cook up something new and it's, it's there and it's ready. Um, well, it's going to be ready. So, and something good is going to come from whatever you're going to build now with your new life. Thank you. I don't know. <laughs> no, I love it. Thank you for saying that. I really, I, I appreciate it. And um, yes, I hope that that is the case. I think, I think it is. I mean, life is just ebbs and flows, right? It really is. It really is. And then the card that came out for our, our overall, our podcast is the two of wands, which is awesome. Cause that's the card about, it's kind of a portal. It's the card about stepping into a new realm. I think it's a friendship card. And it's also a card about like, yeah, kind of stepping onto your path, like your spiritual journey. And yeah. And the one thing that, cause again, I don't really know what the podcast is about, but I do think it's kind of about, um, it's sort of about spiritual journey slash awakenings and also the creative path. And like, you really are an artist and a lot of hairstylists are, I don't know if they all are, but just like, you know, when I met you, you weren't doing any drag yet. I would love if you talked about like, um, doing that because that's such an art form and it was so cool to watch you totally transform through that and with it and you're so talented and like you grew really quickly with it and that just seemed like such a positive thing in your life also yeah it really was um yes it is right I moved to Denver I was I was playing roller derby in Pennsylvania and so I just um, started playing roller derby in Denver as well. And I just, it was okay. Um, but there's a lot of like politics and weirdness. Um, and I'm not that much of a, an athlete. And then I, Denver is super gay. It's like super gay man. They call it Menver. But so there were like no gay clubs in the town in Pennsylvania where I lived, which is Lancaster. Oh my God, I have a tickle. Um, so then I started going to tracks and all these gay bars and I met this drag queen, um, Evie Oddly, who ended up winning drag race this past year, which is freaking crazy. Um, yeah, that, so that is amazing. I know. And then you've met her, right? I don't think I ever got to, or if so, I came to that one um, at Blush and Blue, the most memorable show. Yes, I loved <laughs> that show. That was so much fun. Yeah, that was when I was um, like a baby queen. Yeah, but it was, but it was so great. I loved it. You did such a good job. Thank you. So I don't know if I met her or I don't not. Think was so. she at I that one? So. She met your dog, though, which is funny. <laughs> that is yeah, funny. like when I was babysitting. So I miss. I miss him but um but yeah so basically um 
I was obsessed with drag. I had been watching RuPaul's Drag Race for a while. And at one point, it kind of hit me. And I was like, dude, I would be really good at this. And I didn't really think anything of it because I'm like, I'm a woman. Um, you know, women don't do drag. And then when I met Evie, I got really wine drunk one night. Um, coincidentally, I was uh, watching somebody else's dog. And I, like, got a lift to tracks really drunk and I was I saw Evie and it was like lesbian night and I was single but I was like fuck these lesbians I just want to flirt with Evie she's so hot she's so good at drag (laughs) and so I was really drunk and I was like I feel like a drag queen stuck in a woman's body and she was like girl (laughs) she was like girl that's a thing I love it and I was like really and then like a week later she was like, hey, do you want to be, like, a fixture at my next show? So, basically, I just kind of, like, get in drag and um, kind of, like, host the show. But, of course, I wasn't getting paid. But I did not care at all. And so, I went over to her house. <clears throat> and her two drag sisters at the time put me in drag. And, literally, I had the best time of my life. I was feeling myself everyone thought I was like a boy in drag and I was so happy (laughs) and yeah from there on out I would go to her house every Thursday and I I just started buying all this stuff and watching videos um yeah and I just started to build this little queer community with people who you know were basically doing arts and crafts all the time and it just made me feel so so Mm -hmm. good I'd been looking Cause I don't know. I always did art. And I, when I was young, I'm like, I'm going to be an art teacher. And then I was like, wait, I don't want to go to college. So yeah. So that's how it all. Yeah. I love it. I love it. It's such a great story. And it, yeah. And it, it really, from, as an, from an outside perspective, from my perspective, it was, it, it very much felt like you going home, you know, like you, found your thing. Cause like, I wouldn't say you were struggling in Denver, but you were just, it was just how anybody is when they move to a new city. And like, we would hang out a lot and like, that was fun, but yeah, you were younger than me or are younger than me. And at the time, I guess, was I, no, I was single at the time too, but you were single, you know, you were just, you were looking for, I was looking for a your people. Yeah. And I, I even told like, mm-hmm. I was, uh, I was like overwhelming you at some points and but like we were both like I was going through it you were going through it I was trying to heal Mm -hmm. over an ex who I had basically moved from Pennsylvania to get away from as well as like I just needed to get away from my family and become someone on my own and you were really newly single and we were both really in party mode yeah super party mode. (laughs) um, I found an old picture on my Instagram from forever ago when we were like um, having a dance party to Justin Bieber and I think also Miley Cyrus. And I was like, oh my God, those were such good times. Like it really... They were. I have... They're such fond memories for me, but you're absolutely right. Like I was definitely going through a definitely in crazy party mode and completely trying to avoid my feelings. I was kind of a mess, but 
at the same time, yeah, like making money, holding it together. Like we, we were, we were responsible messes. We really were because, I mean, I probably, yeah, we would just like, um, we wouldn't drink and drive. You had gotten rid of your car and we would just kind of drink around your house and then go back to your house and like do tarot, hang with the dogs, smoke cigarettes, drink a shit ton of wine. <laughs> yeah it was like winter too I feel like I have a lot of winter memories it was like just yes because I moved there October and so that and then we got close Mm -hmm. you know through that winter yes okay okay yeah that makes total sense yeah and we'd like go to that like shitty Irish bar by my house Doherty's or whatever yeah because I lived um just off South Broadway in Denver. So there was, there were tons of things to walk to. Yeah. And I had like, my lease was up on my car. So I, I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm just going to get rid of it and like lift places slash walk places. And, um, yeah. And that, and, but that ended up being like a very enabling thing. Cause I never had to worry about driving anywhere. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so I was like, sure, I'll have a drink. We, Why I not? We definitely were like blacking out a lot. <laughs> Oh my God. It got ugly. And now, and now we're both sober. Isn't that funny? (laughs) I'm proud of us. I'm proud of us. It's hard, like on hard days or even, even like when you want to celebrate, you're like, Oh, I want to just go get a drink and relax and not think about everything. But it's just not worth it. You know, you and I really can't just have one drink. Right. Right. Well, and, and the thing for me is like, that I've really thought about. And because I've put a lot of thought into the different elements. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, I can have a drink, but that's I don't want to have one drink, I want to have five drinks. And I could force myself to just have one drink. But it would suck like a I wouldn't enjoy it. And B, I would just be like, thinking about it and like struggling with myself and like it wouldn't be healthy even if it was one drink it wouldn't be healthy and that's kind of what I wrote that one article about it um that's on medium and it was kind of like even for the people who are having just one drink every day it's like how much time are you spending trying to only have one drink you know what Mm -hmm. I mean like like so no, I'm with you. Like, I'm definitely not the moderate, like I enjoy having a glass of wine with dinner person. Um, I'm definitely the, like, I want to have five whiskeys or five scotches yeah. and then, um, drunk nine martinis. <laughs> yeah. I want to get fucked up. Um, yeah. And it is hard. Some it's hard. You know, it's so weird. So I just celebrated two years of sobriety. I haven't talked about it on the podcast. So that's awesome. I just celebrated. Thank you. Thank you. It feels like a big achievement. And, but like, I've gone through phases like six months at a time or a year where it really didn't feel hard at all. And then, and then I'll have like a really hard week out of the blue, like, last week or the week before last, I don't know, I'm going through all of my own kind of personal stuff. And, 
it's weird. It's weird how all of a sudden it'll jump up and you're just like, all I want to do is escape. And that's exactly, you know, it's like, I just want to get out of my mind. And I just like miss my BFF booze. (laughs) And, and I think, and I think that that's why, like, I don't do, um, I don't really identify with like the label alcoholic and I don't do AA and I didn't go through um, the 12 step program though. I do think the 12 steps can be super helpful. I just, I just think everybody needs to take their own path and, and has their a right to identify themselves however they want to. And, you know, and for me, I'm like, I don't drink anymore. So I don't need to like say that I'm an alcoholic every day of my life because, because I'm not, because I don't drink, you know, but there are so many people out there who have a real problem with that and are like, that's not okay. You know? know, Yeah. I really didn't like how it was based. I, for a while it was like AA or you're not going to be sober, like AA or it's not going to work. You're just going to go back. And my AA friends really like felt that way. And I was just like, listen, these freaking meetings make me want to drink so much more than I did before I was sitting in here. Like, this is weird. You're chanting. I don't like this. Right. I I feel like you and I basically did do um a 12 step program although it wasn't like listed like that with the book that we read to get sober Mm -hmm. yes the 30 day sobriety solution which i um highly recommend to anybody who even if you're just like sober curious it's like you don't have to commit to anything but no you're absolutely right rachel they they do walk you through um a lot of that. And Russell Brand has a good book out about the, and he does the 12 steps specifically, but, but, you know, out of the context of AA. And I do think they're incredibly helpful, but yeah, I loved that book. And I'm so glad that it was helpful for you too, because it was like, it's smart. It kind of tricks you into it too. Cause it's like, all you have to do is commit to 30 days, but by the time you do the whole book and you get to the end of 30 days, like you're like, Oh, I get it. Yeah. Like, I shouldn't be drinking. <laughs> like, and I mean, I don't know when I started the book, I definitely knew I was quitting, quitting, but it still helped. It still helped to have it not be like a forever commitment at the beginning. Yeah. Um, I used, I felt like I needed the book. Like every day I would read the next chapter, which it has you do. And you're journaling and, and it just kind of teaches you about, it's basically like a positive mental attitude book. And it makes you like, at one point in the book, you write down a lot of like every negative thought in your head. And then it has you spin it to be positive. And I feel like I'm so less cynical and bitter now. And I'm, I'm like, frankly, annoying to like other people who (laughs) want to be like negative and cynical And I'm just like, it really doesn't have to be like that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, Rachel, I love that though, dude. And it's so true. You're so right. Like, um, once you get on the positive wagon and you see how powerful positivity is, which, yeah, I know this sounds so cheesy, but it's (laughs) so cheesy, (laughs) but it really is like, 
um, it's kind of nuts. And I have a really hard time being around negativity or like um, people who are super judgy. Like if somebody says like nobody I'm around right now in my life is at all, but like in the past, you know, I'd, somebody would say something negative about, or like just kind of unnecessarily judgmental about somebody. And it would just kind of like make my body tense up. Yeah. And I'm just kind of like, like, it's weird when you're like, Oh, I'm having like a physical reaction to negativity. Right. Well, and it's just, it makes that person look bad and it's all it is, is projecting, you know, Mm -hmm. but yeah. And then the one step that I was struggling with, it's like, uh, you know, you have to make amends with everyone that you, so like if there's someone that like things are just not good and the relationship just got really bad and you ended things there and you never like made up or said sorry and it has you say sorry, you know, some of those people don't deserve to be like, they don't deserve your time or your apologies. And some of those people frankly wouldn't even take the apology and they would probably be really immature about it. So I don't want to waste my time. Um, But the book, it would have you write letters that you were never going to send. And in the beginning of the letter, it's kind of like, this is why I hate you. This is what you did to me. This is what blah, 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 blah. And then as you keep going, you, um, and the book gives you like every step of the way it helps you write it. And then it turns into, I realize that you're like this because of, and I know these are the things that I did do wrong in our relationship. And that was really good because basically I, there are a couple of relationships that I don't want to fix, but I did write the letters and I don't want to feel, I just don't want to feel like I have to do that. And I have to forgive myself for that for those certain relationships, like I had a terrible, uh, living situation, like with a roommate. Um, and I don't, I don't want to say sorry. And I just, I do feel really bad about it because I'm a sweet, sensitive lady, but it's not worth fixing. So I need to do some more work to forgive myself for everything. Mm -hmm. That's super well said that very well put Rachel, like, 100% like it it really is about forgiving ourselves and I definitely think the letter writing that you're not going to send is super helpful as well because I can relate to you there are a couple of people in my life where um I you know we don't have relationships anymore um and even like family members, but, but when I really like look at the, the whole picture, I'm like, I don't know that repairing this relationship is actually um, healthy or would be mutually beneficial in any way, you know? So, so there is that kind of aspect of being like, I'm sorry for hurting people, but also like, I don't know that I sometimes, sometimes you can hurt somebody, but you also maybe weren't wrong. Is that, is that what I'm trying to say? You know, like, it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a tricky one, but, but yeah, at the end of the day, um, we have to forgive ourselves and we have to forgive other people. And maybe that's just, I think I'm, but I'm 
saying in a really roundabout bad way is that I'm with you. I'm kind of, I get a little stuck on that step too, on the amends step. Yeah. So I need to go back. And there, I need to choose the more work. There were, um, I can think of like two people right off the top of my head. Um, Cause especially when I started being friends with you, I had pretty much just lost my best friend and we had both moved to Denver right around the same time. But then we became codependent and we were both just, you know, partying a lot and uh, we ended our friendship. Well, she more so ended it. And I just felt so fucking terrible about that. I don't know if I can swear on here. I'm sorry. Um, you totally can. And then, yeah. Swear yeah, And so I repaired, like, I wrote her a letter, but I, I like wrote it to her. Of course, it was like small and condensed. And I said, sorry. And then we had this beautiful conversation on the phone and, you know, we repaired it. We're not like we're still not really close but I you know I still want to be in her life and visit her at some point and then I also repaired things with my mom um I did write a letter that I won't That's send to her me. but I did write things that I did send to her <laughs> so yeah it's just all That's about so yeah it's all about repairing the right ones and letting the wrong ones go Completely. No, you're so right about that. And also, yeah, you can also repair and release, right? I think it's, it's like, it's like, even if you don't want to have, um, you don't want to rebuild a relationship, you can still sort of repair anything that needs to be, you know, we can always can say sorry without having a whole thing, right? Yes. That that one can happen too, for sure. Yeah, and it is it's interesting the forgiveness thing, because um, and this is something I've been like aware of since my early twenties. But I find that sometimes I have to go back and like keep forgiving the same people. Like you know, sometimes I don't no, know. I had a really does it? Okay, good. I'm glad I'm not alone. Where, where it's like you do the work, you're like, do work from like childhood stuff or whatever. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, wait, I have to forgive this person again. Like somehow this like unraveled itself and like came yes. back. Like, I don't know. Yes. I was being a bitter Betty yesterday about an ex-friend and my roommate was even like, somebody sounds bitter. And I was like, you're right. And so I need to revisit that again. Ugh. It's okay. But you know what? Nobody's perfect. And I should probably reread the book again, to be honest. I mean, it's been two years. It's been two years. I should celebrate my two years by reading the book again. Because re reading it right? too. Because I, um, to get sober again, I've been sober for five months now. And so I started again. But since I had already read the book through, I did up to like I don't know 23 days and then I was like all right this book has I'm done with her for right now and I was able to continue on yeah <laughs> it can be annoying it can definitely be annoying. well I'm super proud of you Rachel and impressed like five months is a long time and the first five months are the hardest I think I mean granted I only have two years so I don't know what I'm talking about but you know you that's a huge huge accomplishment to make it to because you know it's in that time where you break all the habits and you build 
you know, you reparent yourself and make yourself have like self-care things. And it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. So that's amazing. Yeah. And you have to like figure out how to, you know, I don't know, be in society without being drunk. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. And that I, I really genuinely can say that, like, I, I think it's only been in the last six months. So it took me like a year and a half to feel like really, really comfortable just being social and I'm not even that social, but it takes, yeah. So yeah, it takes a long time and society's so inundated with like, it's just such a, you just have to embrace being a fucking weirdo and not caring, not caring that your presence makes other people uncomfortable. You know, at first I used to be so, um, worried and be like, Oh, like, I don't want people to think I'm judging them. And now I'm like, that's your problem. If you think I'm judging you because I'm making a personal choice, like (laughs) that's on you. Like, I'm not judging anybody. I love everybody. Everybody should do what makes them happy. Like, you know, but like, and don't project your shit onto me either. You know, it's just, but yeah. And so it's such a tricky thing to break out of just the societal aspect, like you're saying, yeah, there's just so much. And then not to mention like your internal world and like letting your nervous system, like regenerate. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. I felt like I was so weird. Like the first uh, month, especially cause I'd still do drag and I would have to go out and also like all of my friends do drag and that's what we do for fun. We go to drag shows at a bar And I felt like I was just being quiet and I didn't really know how, I didn't know my personality in nightlife without being drunk. And it was just, and I would, I was always, I was like, what are you drinking? Like, I was like asking people what they were drinking. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So weird. Um, But now. I get it. Fine. Like I still, I'll go up to the bar and I'll get, I'll get like a soda or Red Bull or whatever, and it and it does suck. I wish I could do a shot or whatever, but it's not bad anymore. Yeah, and like I know I've told you this off off air, but it's so impressive to me that you have been able to do that. It's so impressive because I don't think I could have done that. I don't know that I would have had the strength to be out and be at bars and not drink. So, you know, you had an even higher hurdle to get over, I think, but I also think it's great that you didn't stop because a lot of people just kind of isolate themselves and are shut-ins when they get sober. Me, um, (laughs) there are kind of other reasons for that too, but, but you know, like you did, I think you absolutely did the right thing by maintaining your creative outlet and your social outlet. But I think I think it took a lot of strength and it's impressive and I'm so glad that you were able to. Yeah. I think I was being like super stubborn about it too, because my dad and a couple other people were like, Oh, like you're probably not going to be able to do drag anymore. Like you have to really figure this out. Maybe you can't do it anymore. And I was just like, Oh hell no. I love it. Yeah. You're like, fine. That's the best thing when people tell you you can't do something because it's just like the best motivator. So good. Um, And how do you feel performing? Like, do you just feel like you put your persona on and like 
or do you feel like there's something missing without the booze? Um, well, I actually um, never would get wasted or drunk before I performed. And like the one or the one or two times I did, it was like really unfortunate. And I was like, oh God, this was not it. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're like, no. Yeah, so I would always, I would have like a drink um, or two and then I would perform. And, and so basically as soon as I was done performing, I'm like, time to get drunk. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So it hasn't been that bad. Yeah. Cause as soon as the music starts, like I'm obviously like still insecure and you know it's like nervous but I just fake it put it on put on my persona and just go I love it and you don't seem nervous like and you look you just look completely confident and like you have it 100% together and you you're an amazing performer so and I guess that's what I feel like that's kind of what all performers say too like they're all like oh no deep down I'm terrified but like I, I admire your ability to do that because what a great outlet too, you know? Yeah. It's, it's really good. If I'm like feeling some sort of way I can perform an angsty song or it, it's definitely been, I've done like therapeutic numbers and it's been awesome. It's so cool. Have you found a good drag family in Chicago? You know, I was actually thinking about that like within this past week and I see all these groups and like people in threes and um, like two drag queens, best friends. And, you know, I don't really have that here. Like I have a bunch of people that love me and um, we do drag together, but I, I kind of do want like a little family here. I mean, my girlfriend does drag and my roommate does drag, but we kind of all do it separately. Um, and I found myself mm -hmm. like two weeks ago, I was performing with this drag queen and um, she's, she seems young. I don't even know if she's 21, but I was like, do you have drag mom? <laughs> and she, I do. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> you're like damn it <laughs> I know. I um yeah you need a drag baby what would you call your uh, would you what would you call what would a drag mom call their offspring yeah it's just like a drag kid drag baby and I have one in Denver but she's just totally come into her own and I would say she's definitely like more put together than me even it's crazy but uh I mean it's not crazy she's amazing but yeah I do want like a little family here um and I have made a bunch of good friends um so that's yeah. good that's all that matters good I that is all that matters and it and I bet like it kind of sounds like maybe people are a little more like paired off or it's more like super small, super tight groups as opposed to like larger close groups. Yeah. Maybe it's, it's just a different dynamic and you still, and you still haven't been in Chicago for that long, right? How long have you been there now? I've been here um, like a year and a half. And I will say, um, so drag queens get close when they come up together, when they're, when you're like both baby queens and you're learning together. 
so it kind of so what happens the reason why I don't have a, a drag family here is basically because my drag family is in Denver and when I I went back to Denver for a week um recently and it was just so good like I have a connection with those drag queens that is so insane and tight and it's just it's literally family and so it is really sad I miss them so freaking much but you know if I'm gonna be you know making all this money like the tarot card says (laughs) I'm definitely gonna yeah I'm definitely gonna go I want to visit more and you know all of my best friends there run drag shows so they book me and it's awesome I love them so much Yeah, that's so neat that you have such a special connection with them, like such a strong bond. And also that it's it's easy for you to just kind of slide in and visit. And it's not like weird. It's just like old times. And yeah, and you can pick up shows. I, I think that's like such a great plan. You can just kind of, once everything's in sync with the new job, you can just kind of schedule it in and make it happen. You, you could probably go like every month, even if you wanted or two months. I don't know. Well, maybe not that much, but yeah, I think you're good. <laughs> like you're like, you're getting carried away now. <laughs> but I even rented a chair there for two days and I had like 10 clients and I made enough to cover my way there and and more so it was there are ways to visit there make money be with family it's just awesome that's great that's super great that's so smart too and just making the most of the situation I think that's really great and and it's also really cool I think that your girlfriend does drag and your roommate, but I like that you all sort of do it separately and have your own. I think that's so important in, in relationships too, to like maintain your own sense of self, especially as an artist, you know, like, I think there's something really cool about the fact that you're so independent about it. Yeah, for sure. And when I moved here, like she's really established and I definitely think that I would get jealous and but I was also like drinking a lot my job sucked I missed my fucking friends in Denver and I was just I was just kind of sad and it's so freaking cold here it just made everything worse um and so yeah that was hard for a little bit and she's so good she's a makeup artist so she's so good at makeup and you know I just I just throw on makeup and make it work like I don't really I mean, it's good, but it's not great. So I had to get over. You always look great. (laughs) You're of like, of like comparing your work with hers. And I would like, yeah, next to her. And I would try to like, uh, pick up some of her tips. But then I, you know, I, I just don't do drag makeup like her. She does it like a makeup artist. And I do it like, I'm just trying to look like a drag queen and do some shapes here. And so I, like, was starting not to even, like, look like her, which is my drag name. I I was like, I don't even know who this is anymore. And I really did get lost. And to be honest, I don't do as much drag anymore because I'm just trying to get my stable day job career going. And to get started in a new city, you kind of have to do a lot of – 
you have to do a lot of free shows and you have to do mm-hmm. a lot of free drag and you have to go out and drag and really promote yourself and I just did not have the energy at all I didn't have I don't have the money I still don't have the money to be taking you know free gigs and going to um drag shows like first of all I can't uh you know, I don't have the money to be spending uh, lift rides on that. Um, right. I, I just, but um, as soon as I am feeling good in my career here, I I probably will do a competition here just to be like, oh, hey, this is me. Don't forget, I'm actually pretty dang good at drag. Yeah. Um because you really are. You, you're very talented at it. But I also think that that's super smart. Like you have, you're prioritizing what's what you need to prioritize. I mean, of course, we should all prioritize creativity and stuff in our life. But I think you're, cre- you're still, I'm sure, finding creative outlets. And I think it's great that you're prioritizing the career part. Because once once you have that dialed in, and it's so much, you know, it's hard. I can't even imagine trying to reestablish simultaneously as a hairstylist and in drag because there's so much self-promotion required in hairstyling. And it's like, you don't just transfer jobs. It's so much work. So I completely understand needing to like put one on the back burner. Oh, yeah. So I think you're doing an amazing job. And a year and a half is not even that long like you have accomplished so much so I think you should be very proud of yourself thank you personally yeah I don't know what I thought was gonna happen I thought I was gonna move here and just do the same damn thing that I did in Denver but it's just not like that you really have to start over from square one right moving moving is um it's interesting how I don't know. I, I guess I, I, well, I hadn't moved for a really long time. I'd been in Denver for nine years, which is the longest I've lived anywhere um, without a, a break, you know, even as a child, I was, you know, we moved back and forth and stuff. So, so I guess, so I think I forgot, but you're absolutely right. Like moving takes, like, I don't care who you are, where you move, anything it takes at least a full year to get out of the shit like it takes yes. a full year I feel like you have to move somewhere and you have to give it a complete full year before you even have an expectation of it becoming anything you know you're so right um I think it's just a life rule and you know I struggled with that in my personal life with things you know and just it was hard because like my partner and I moved uh, like had a couple of moves together and, you know, I'm not going to get into that on the podcast, but there's definitely, you know, this, I was kind of like, you know, we have to give this a year. And, um, some, some people I think struggle with, with like, I, th- I also think it's normal for us to go into like panic mode or go into like, I'm uncomfortable mode and like, mm-hmm. and it is also it's also completely possible for somebody to move somewhere and just know immediately that they don't like it. And I can respect that too. You know, I totally respect it. But, you know, for me, like even having lived on Guam and having family here, it took me a full year 
of being back on Guam to really start enjoying it and like really start, like I reconnected with my childhood friends, but we weren't hanging out a ton. And like, now I see them a lot more and I'm still like rediscovering old beaches that I, you know, and like, um, it just really a whole corner, a whole corner turned. I turned a whole corner after the year mark. And I'm just like, Oh, this is, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just rambling, but you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. And I, I don't think I thought it was going to take that long because in Denver, for some reason, um, after nine months, I was like, Ooh, I feel good because that's when I started doing drag. And, um, I feel like it's definitely taken a whole year and some, like I, I definitely have good friends and, um, all of that now, but it took a full year and a half to get the career thing down. And yeah, just to like start trying to be my best self. Totally, totally. And, and there is, I think there's an emotional, I think, I think it's kind of emotionally destabilizing, moving. And I don't even know that we realize that it's sort of this underlying thing because it, it's almost something you just have to be like, okay, this might, I might not consciously be aware of the fact that I'm destabilized, but it's like, you have to let the sediment settle, you know, and like, it's like shaking up a snow globe when you move. And it's like, you have to let all of the, just sometimes you have to be still in life and let everything settle. And let the things inside of you that you can't see settle and then you can sort of like take it all in again. Yes. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know, but yeah, I, um, I'm just happy that, and, and also the no drinking thing, I think also makes it harder to transition because you know, that it takes away that sort of, coping mechanism and that social lubricant and all of those things well yeah and when I got here I was like oh shit I have to keep up with these drinkers in Chicago and the bars stay open until four which I'm not used to and I think that ended up hurting me getting close to people here and I think that I came off like really annoying and just like oh she's just you know I gave the wrong impression of myself to everyone because I'm not who I really am when I'm drunk. And so I feel like that probably pushed people away. Um, And I don't know. And yeah, so that was hurting me. And now I'm trying to just be like, okay, that that's not who I am. And I'm trying to, you know, have quality friend hangouts with people. Yeah. Um, that's a really good point too. Yeah. Having to like reestablish yourself and be like, Hey, that's a tough one. That's a tricky one in a way moving after you get sober is helpful. Cause you get to have a fresh start somewhere. So that is tough that you're having to kind of redo it. But I also, in a way, maybe like everything sort of, I know it's so annoying when people are like, it's all, everything happens for if I totally believe that but but maybe maybe it's okay that you gave off the impression that you did in the beginning and like maybe now you'll I I think we attract the people we're meant to attract and so you're probably attracting people on that same vibration and now you're kind of in a 
in a different place. And hopefully you'll attract people who can really enrich your life as who you are now. Yeah. And I will say it was weird. I really didn't have to um, give up anyone because the book was like, you know, you're not really going to hang out with a lot of people that you used to drinking wise because I was always the crazy drinker um, and my friends would like go along with me. But I've been able to keep pretty much every relationship um, that I made here in the beginning, like except for the ones that didn't happen because I was drunk, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, everyone's been really great. And yeah, I'm like you. I don't care if people are drinking. I can be around it now um, without being like, oh, sh- oh no. <laughs> so. Right, right. And yeah, and you're such an open person and non-judgmental and like a free, you know, you've got that Aquarian um, I don't know. Are Aquarius is free, free spirits. Yeah. I know you're like forward thinkers. I know it's forward thinking and like, um, the best kind of eccentric, but is it, it there's also, um, a dash of free spiritedness in there too. Right? There really is. Yeah. And so, yeah, you're like, you can just blend with whomever and, I'm like, I'm like, I don't care. I don't really don't care. Like smoke meth. Like that's cool. Just like, <laughs> like be around it or hang out. But like, oh, are you still there? My thing like, okay. Anyway. Yeah. I just, I, I just think everybody, I think life's hard and I have no judgment towards people with like, what they choose or need as coping mechanisms in this world. You know, I just, um, I used to kind of project like wanting to fix everybody or wanting to help everybody and wanting to heal everybody. Um, especially in relationships. And I'm just like realizing now I'm like, you know what? I have major control problems (laughs) and I'm like, I need to just fix myself. That's all you can fix is yourself. I can definitely relate to that. It's tricky. It's so tricky. Um, what else? What else should we talk about? We we've been talking for an hour. This is a good a good amount of time. So we we don't even have to talk about anything else. Is there anything that you want to cover? Hmm. What else could we? Well, I'm not really, but I do want to say that I'm a dog mom now and it's like the best in the whole world. I love it. Yeah. We have not discussed dog momming and you're also, Rachel also has an amazing cat named Carl and I'm not like, um, I don't love all cats. I'm not a huge cat person, but I do. I love car. I love some cats deeply. And Carl's one of them. He's so charismatic. He's so cool. He's kind of like a dog, but not really. Now that I have a dog, I'm like, no, but yeah, I have a dog (laughs) and her name's Luna and she's with me right now. And basically, um, my neighbor found her about six months ago, maybe seven. And we, and her dog, um, her dog was not fixed and Luna was not fixed. And Luna was also in heat. So she was like, Oh my God. Um, I rescued this dog. Could you 
take her for the night. And also, if you like her, you can have her. <laughs> and me and my partner were like, oh, shit. Uh, yeah. Like, we were into it. And then we fell in love with her right away. And at first, we weren't really sure if we could keep her because there was some, like, roommate drama. Um, but then we were like, fuck this. Like, uh, well, there was one night we were like, we're, you know what? This is too dramatic for us. We're just going to take her to the um, shelter. And so in the morning, we woke up and it's like, okay, we have to take her. And we both just, like could not stop crying and she's so sweet and she was cuddling and I was like Michelle this is not normal like we don't want to give her up we have to fight for this like we're just gonna have to get through some weird awkward dramatic you know it was actually like a weird dramatic three-week phase where I was gonna have to be traveling a lot and my roommate didn't want her here and then Michelle didn't live with me yet and couldn't have pets at her house so it was like it was it was a whole mess and we were like you know what fuck fuck that person we're keeping this dog we are in love with her if we have to go like go through this awkward three-week period where we still live with where I still lived with them like so be it so I can keep this like amazing sweet pup so yeah we we got through that and she's my dog now and it was funny I wasn't a dog person before until I met your dog and um so Mel had a dog named Sneakers um how long and what kind of dog was he again so Sneaks was a French bulldog and he was just the sweetest little creature I mean he had a real personality and so I don't know if everybody would label him the sweetest creature, but I thought he was the sweetest creature. Yeah, he totally was. But he just had like the biggest personality and the cutest little, most expressive eyes. And so, yeah, I think he, I think he was like seven when you met him because he, he um, died or we had to put him to sleep like right before he turned nine, I think. So he was super young, but he had... Um, he got prostate cancer, this like inoperable tumor. And it was so sad, but you know, it's part of being a pet owner and I miss him every day, but yeah, you kind of fell in love with sneaks, oh right? And then he was so perfect. Well, first of all, he's a French bulldog and everyone fucking loves French bulldogs because they're cute, but sneakers really did have like more so expressive eyes than probably other Frenchies. And Right? He's like a deep soul. Like there's something in there that was like beyond a dog. It was so, <laughs> like, yeah. And, and I thought you were like so cool because you were a little older than me and seemingly had your shit together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seemingly. Yeah. And you would like go out of town and let me stay in your place. And I just felt like, oh, I'm cool and have a dog and a really cool furnished apartment. So, yeah. I did not like dogs pretty much until sneaker. Like they were like, okay, but I was just like, I'm a cat person. So yeah, now I'm a dog (laughs) and it's really not like people are like, Oh, you know, it's really, it's a lot to be a dog owner. And it's like, you made it seem so easy. And now that I'm a dog owner, I feel the same. Like, it's like, Oh, you know, you take your dog out to go to the bathroom and you buy her food and I mean if they're bad you need to teach them and stuff but 
Right. I'm glad that you're having a good experience with it. Yeah, people can be, um, people are strange creatures. And exactly, it's like, if, and this is going to sound super dumb and also cheesy, but if something's like in alignment with your life, it can just kind of work out. It's the same thing as like being positive, right? It's like, I see this with people and their kids. Like my friend Lisa, whose kids I just watched, like she's just such a chill mom and such a good mom. And like, I obviously having kids is a lot of work, but she doesn't see, it doesn't seem like that. And she's not like overly paranoid. You know, they're just to those parents where I'm like, oh, you're, you make this seem like it's just great and cool and and chill and then there's those parents where you're like oh my god you need a drink like (laughs) whoa like you're making this seem crazy and so it's kind of the same thing I guess with having pets you know some people are nuts about it and they're like I have to take my dog to daycare and like I have to do this and we have to go to the dog park like every day I'm like dude it's a dog like (laughs) it doesn't have to be that hard they just want to be loved and fed and yeah and my taken outside is like a yorkie mix and so she's really lazy and sneakers was pretty lazy like he would enjoy a walk um you know but only like one block (laughs) he was the laziest you're right i was very lucky with how lazy he was it's true it's true and Luna's lazy Luna too. So freaking lazy. It's awesome. And she also oh, gets funny. spooked. So like I'll start to take her on a walk and then like 15 seconds in, like a leaf blows the wrong way. And she's like, hell no, we're going back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's so cute. Um, she's so cute. You have her on your you should tell. Do you want people to follow you on Instagram? You should give your and I'll put it in the intro yes. too. But Give your Instagram so people can see Luna and your awesome drag. Yes, work. my Instagram is it's her H E R underscore the underscore queen. And that's the one that I post a lot of I post the most on that. And then I have a a hair page. It's Rachel underscore Allen underscore Dennis. Um and that's just for my hair um hair work, hair artistry. But yeah, I love your hair. I just yeah to take these freaking Instagram stories. I'm so addicted to them. <laughs> I love them though. They make me happy. I love all your stories and and your um I love your hair work too though. And I love all your Luna photos. And anybody who is in the Chicago area, go see Rachel for hair because she is very talented and a delight to be around, as I am sure you can see via this podcast yes. so also in general um I, oh what were you gonna say no no go ahead I was gonna say I don't know if this is gonna generate a ton of clientele for you <laughs> since I have like eight listeners <laughs> but you never know you never, never know, know. <laughs> well um I was just gonna say oh god I don't even remember it was nothing profound I feel like we were you going to say if you want to be friends and you live in the Chicago area, let you know? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're busy. You have, I feel like you've never had a shortage of friends, Rachel. You're very social and like people like being around you. And it's true. And, yeah, and you're on relationships, you know, that's relationships in and of themselves 
are time consuming in the best way, you know, but I don't know. I find that I'm a slacker if I am in a relationship. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say you and I, um, I need to re-download WhatsApp and we need to talk on the phone more because this is really fun. And Yeah. yeah. I would love that. Please do that for real. Anytime WhatsApp me and we should talk on the phone more and we should podcast again. If you want, if you enjoyed this, I super did. And, and I want to come visit you. I already did another. Yes. Oh my God, please do. We could also, um, meet in like Chiang Mai in like Northern Thailand where it's super inexpensive to stay. We could go like rendezvous for a few weeks. You can bring Michelle, whoever you want. Um, but you are always welcome on Guam too. Of course you can stay with me. Um, but I think this is going to be fun. I want to establish like little updates. Like we should, we'll do another podcast if you want in not too long and like see how, you know, the new salon is still progressing yes. and like see how your sobriety um, journey is going. I mean, I know you're doing great. So I, I know it's, I feel like they're all going to be positive updates. That's my that's my psychic intuitive message coming in is that you're on like, you're on the righteous path, Rachel. I like it. Yes. I love that. I see it too. Yeah. Good. Good. Well, thank you so much for doing this with me. I really appreciate it. And it was truly so good to hear your voice and you have an amazing voice for podcasting. (laughs) You should start your own podcast if you want. Yeah. You know, now that I have anchor downloaded, you never know. Right. It's so fun. It's so easy. And it's just, you know, I, the whole reason why I start decided that I wanted to do a podcast was because I feel like I don't know when I was lonely living in Taos and didn't, you know, all my friends were still in Denver and we hadn't really made friends there. I listened to so many podcasts and like all the podcast hosts were like my, my one fretted one-sided friendships, you know? And I'm like, there's a lot of lonely people in the world who wouldn't want to have like a nice little exactly. podcast to listen to. Yeah. I haven't. So really I think it's a service. listening to too many, but I want to. Well, if you need any suggestions, I have way too many, but, um, but yeah, we'll think about starting one. I would love to be on it. If you need, if you need, um, <laughs> if you need a practice. Oh, yes. absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I'll let you go to your life. Cause it's, it's getting late over there in Chicago. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm like, oh, I need to, maybe I need a sandwich. <laughs> you should have a sandwich. Um, and give Luna some pets for me. I will. And yeah, and let's do, you know what? I'm going to organize one with me, you, and Adam yes. for our for our listeners. And I think they're going to love that too. Yeah, you, me, and Adam, I don't know. I feel like there's a a definite like cosmic connection I I just feel like we're I don't know there's this like we're like in charmed we're like three witches that just like found each other <laughs> and we really do vibe yes 
Dude, I could not agree with you more. I do. I feel like you guys are are members of my soul, my soul family. It's weird in a good it's way. So good. I love it. So I can't wait. I would love to get him. So when him and I um can like save up, like him and I come to Guam and like literally all I, I just remember, you know, your um your ex-partner had went to bed and it was you, me and Adam and sneakers. And like Adam was doing Reiki on sneakers and we were, you were reading Adam's tarot cards and I was just kind of like taking it all in. And that, that moment was like so special for me. I wish that I could relive that night a million times. Oh, that's sweet. I feel the same way. It's not weird. I feel the same way about that evening. It was really just like a nice connection, right? It was, and we were like one of those weird moments in time. It was amazing. And we were all sober and we were all like chugging seltzer water. <laughs> oh yeah. That's when I made those like terrible brownies. I like tried to make them vegan without like actually following oh, a no, recipe. That was the next night when Adam and I got drunk. <laughs> oh, okay. Yo, oh, you're right. You're right. Okay. Yeah. No. That I like condensed those two nights into one <laughs> night, but you're totally right. Um, that was really I forgot about Adam doing Reiki on sneakers. That was the best. <laughs> Wait, was Adam was Adam doing Reiki on sneakers or were you doing Reiki on sneakers? Adam, I don't know how to Reiki, but I have a book on it. <laughs> um, I need to I need to learn. Um yeah, I can't, I would love that more than anything else I would love for you and Adam to come visit. So I love it. I, that's going to be like my mental goal. I'm going to, I'm going to imagine it happening so that I can imagine it into reality. Oh, yeah. And I'll tell Adam and he probably feels the same, but it it is going to be a reality. Like I have to be hanging out with you guys in the next couple of years. Like just us three would be really nice, but I don't care if, if, yeah. Any of us brought anyone else either, but that would feel really good. Okay, I love it. I'm totally in. Let's we're make we're making it happen. Okay. Oh, okay, Rachel. Well, I love you millions, and I really appreciate you doing the podcast. And it was so good to hear your voice and catch yes, up. It really was. I love you so much, and yeah, we'll do this again for sure. Okay. I can't wait. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being on. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye.
Hi everyone, welcome to the tarot reading portion of the podcast. I hope that you enjoyed the episode you just heard with Rachel. And yeah, please reach out to me if you have any comments or concerns. Um, You can reach me through Instagram at Melanie's Alchemy. And a little note on tarot readings. It might seem strange to listen to a tarot reading on a podcast that's, you know, a general reading for a lot of different people and to think that you'll receive personal messages. I used to think this was a strange thing as well. And then I started my YouTube tarot channel and started watching other people's tarot videos and tarot channels. And I found it remarkable and kind of astounding how much information I did receive from them. And I think the idea is that in order for us to get messages, there needs to be content out there for us to receive them through. If you believe that you have guides or that you're higher self. Sorry, minor candle burning incident. I'm back. If you believe that guides or your higher self or someone like that is giving you messages, they need a way to get them to you. And I think that a good way to do that is through tarot readings like this. So I think if you were guided to this reading or guided to this podcast, there's a really good chance that there are important messages for you in the tarot reading. And anything that doesn't fit, just disregard. It doesn't have to all ring true for you. All right, we're at the Leo full moon. It's February 8th as I record this. And yeah, anytime you come across it though, go ahead and listen for messages. And let's just do a nice general reading and get started. Interesting. This is this is great. Okay, in the position of the past, we have the world card. Um, oh no, I'm sorry, the judgment card. I'm using the pagan um, or no, the wildwood tarot deck, which uses different names. So they call it the Great Bear, but it is twentieth major arcana card, which is the judgment card. This is the card of awakening. So. In the past, we have the awakening. Um, This is great. This just speaks to a lot of us. You know, January was a period of awakening for a lot of people. Um, Whether you realize that consciously or if it was just subconsciously shifting for you, I think many people had eye-opening experiences. In the position of present, we have the Justice card, which is the 11th major arcana. And it's so interesting that we have Judgment and Justice next to each other, because those are two cards that sometimes like newer readers get confused by, um, whereas Judgment is a much larger, all-encompassing, awakening-type energy. Justice is, and so it's sort of more of a 
it's kind of a deeper, more spiritual card. Whereas justice is a card about causality, um, about we did A, so we get B, right? And that card has been coming up a ton. It's also the Libra card. It speaks to us being in a place of sort of receiving receiving whatever it is we planted. You know, if you planted corn, then you're going to harvest corn cobs, you know? Sorry. I don't know why I'm always using that weird metaphor, but we're very much so what what are you planting? What are you receiving? It's the full moon. It is the time of harvest. It is the time to receive the energies back that you put out there. So that's pretty straightforward. We're in a place of receiving pretty much. And then in the near future, we do have the three of swords upright. That's one of those kind of ominous cards, but don't worry. There's good medicine in all the cards. This is a fascinating spread because I just did six cards and four of them are major arcana speaking to really kind of intense energies that are present, that are universal, that are destined, that are part of the collective consciousness. When there aren't a lot of major arcana cards present, this means that you can sort of relax a bit and know that your day-to-day choices and actions aren't going to dramatically change things right now for you. It doesn't mean that you don't have free will or that, you know, if you do go make a drastic decision, of course that's going to change your life dramatically. But the main point, the main takeaway when there are a lot of major arcana versus minor is that things are sort of set in motion, um, regardless of what you do, more or less. The Three of Swords, it's very much the heartbreak card, but with that, it sort of reminds me of the death card, which is also in this spread, coincidentally. It's not about the act of becoming heartbroken. It's sort of like you already are. You know, the death card indicates something that has already died, you know? And so with the three, the Two of Swords is sort of where the heartbreak is occurring because it's the card where you have to make a decision between two things and you don't want to choose either. It's the figure that's blindfolded. It's knowing that something's not right, but you can't put your finger on it. And then the three of swords, which is the card present in our reading is kind of like, all right, this happened. Your heart's been pierced. You've been hurt. Now let's move on to healing. And again, of course, this can be metaphorical. I mean, it's always metaphorical when we speak of heartbreak, but this might not be a straightforward external circumstantial heartbreaking for you. This might just be, you know, the three of swords can often go hand in hand with having had an awakening. When we have an awakening, it's associated as, it's associated with like, great, wonderful, good awakening, but anytime awakening occurs, there's going to be a subsequent pain and heartbreak, call it growing pains, you know, anytime you see something new, you also have to release something that you used to think was true, Um, we must always give something up in order to get something else, right, in the position of mind, we have the death card, so our minds right now are being represented by the death card, which is, I love, I love this, um, 
card in the Wildwood deck because it's a crow and it's sitting on top of a, a elk or deer, I think it's a deer skull and they call it the journey. Um, and it's the 13th major arcana card and again I kind of already mentioned it but it, it speaks to something being done a cycle having ended you know the hanged man which is the card right before it is the card that's more about the dying process the shedding the releasing whereas death is like it happened you're sort of in this nice place of healing rebuilding getting ready to move forward um I listened to this great podcast. Um, it's not one I listen to all the time, but I occasionally listen to it. And it's um, this woman, Natalie Miles, does it. And in her February forecast that I was listening to yesterday, she kept saying over and over again that beginnings and endings occur in the same place. And I loved that. I thought it was so poignant and it's so true. It's like, that's the message I'm getting in this reading that I just laid out is very much that, um, especially mentally in the place of the mind. Be aware that things have to end in order for new things to begin, or just keep your eye out for that. Um, in the position of body, we have the Nine of Cups upright, which is one of the best cards to get. It speaks of dream come true, wish fulfillment. In the place of body, it definitely has really great um, suggestions of good health, of happiness, so emotional health, mental health, bodily health, um, because of course our body is affected by our mind. And also there's an interesting correlation with, you know, mind kind of being this quote-unquote darker or harder energy of death of something having ended and then our body is in this place of like feeling quite that this card calls it this deck calls it generosity and so there's this very interesting dichotomy because we have kind of this darker card in mind and then our bodies in this beautiful um place of receiving so I, I think it speaks to overall good health and also sometimes it's like let your body lead. Maybe you do need to meditate or go exercise, do something fun, do something joyful with your body and let your body lead and try to get out of your head a bit because in the position of soul, we have the nine of swords reversed, which is the card about having trouble sleeping. I feel like we had this card last time too. Having trouble sleeping, or I might have done it in the collective Instagram spread, but it's definitely a collective consciousness situation. And it's um, stress, anxiety, problem sleeping, sometimes nightmares, just, and it, it's very embedded right now. So I really sense that the message is to try to get into your body as much as you can and try to let your mind rest. I know I'm a broken record with meditation, but meditate. Let me pull two more cards. One for something we need to, like a block we need to leave behind. And one more advice card. Hmm. Okay, the block we need to leave behind is the King of Pentacles upright. 
Um, it's the wolf. So I think this is about needing security, needing safety, being overly consumed by money, financial abundance. I think we need to leave that behind for a while and not think about that too deeply. And the advice, the other, the last advice card is the two of wands reversed. So that's the card of stepping forward, stepping onto your path, stepping into the new realm. This might just be internally right now, but it's definitely a lovely card. I love it. It's the card about, it's the portal card. You know, you're going through the, this doorway that you've created with these two wands, you know, that's fire, energy, love, passion, inspiration. So it's a good time to be adventurous, to be brave, to step forward into your truth, into what you love, into the world that you're imagining for yourself. And leave behind that block of what's the practical thing to do. I really am getting the message that that's holding a lot of us back. So, all right. Thank you for joining me. As I mentioned, I do put up a weekly reading on Instagram. That's a video tarot reading. And then I do have more readings over on my YouTube channel, Melanie's Alchemy Tarot. Thank you so much for joining me. Remember to be the love you want to receive. And yeah, I'll see you next time. Thank you.